They were doing the third point of the seven-point mind training, and some of you have been there for point one and point two, but uh, some of you haven't, so I'll give a brief summary of what we've done so far. Uh, point one was all about training in the preliminary, so it's the, the um, foundational uh, practices that we're already doing. So it's uh, practicing metabhavna, practicing mindfulness of breathing, uh, practicing ethics, that's the kind of practices that we're already doing. And also in point one, we had some of those mind-turning reflections, some reflections that motivate us to, uh, to practice the Dharma, to do the mind training, because we feel it's, it's relevant and it's, it's a very sane thing to do. So that's point one. And point two uh, we did last week was all about um, training uh, meditation instructions, training in bodhicitta. And bodhicitta is the, the heart-mind oriented towards awakening. And we had a set of instructions uh, which are called absolute bodhicitta, which was all about um, looking at the insubstantiality of thoughts and also finding when you examine the mind, when you go deeply into the nature of mind, that you won't be able to find any, any kind of what we call self there. That the self, as we think about it, is just a construct. All there is is just experience uh, coming up and going away, arising, etc. So there is nothing fixed there. So that's what this first, um, the absolute bodhicitta, that's what these training instructions uh, amount to. And then the second set of instructions was about what we call relative bodhicitta, training the mind in compassion, basically. And the, uh, in the mind training, the way to train compassion in a meditation is this uh, meditation called Tonglen, that we practiced a bit last week. And um, Tonglen is uh, literally sending and receiving in Tibetan, and it's using the breath, so you're using the in-breath to, to, to turn towards pain and suffering, and you're using the out-breath to offer and share what's needed, openness, kindness. So that's the kind of, you're using the rhythm of the breath to open to pain and to share and give out uh, your love, your care and your compassion. So that's the, that's the, uh, the brief, brief, brief summary of what's gone before. So let's move on to our point of today, which is um, the uh, point three is the transformation of adversity into the path to awakening. So it's the transformation of adversity into the path of awakening. We can do a huge amount when we're sitting on the cushion, meditating, etc. But it's necessary to somehow, whatever we've done on the cushion, to bring that into practice and to bring that to the world, to bring that to our relationships, our, our work, our family. So somehow whatever we're doing on the cushion needs to uh, start to manifest in uh, everything else in our lives. Because we want to, it's like a big, big, big project, isn't it? Transforming the whole of, uh, whole of, uh, of life and bringing the practice to all that's happening in our lives. That's the, that's the object of the objective of the mind training, to do that. So, um, we probably can all uh, acknowledge or know from our experience that uh, there's a lot of uh, challenges and difficulties in life. I mean, uh, I'm not the only one, I guess. You know, there is a lot of that, isn't it? And sometimes it's quite, there's quite a lot going on that's really difficult and really challenging. Sometimes it's a bit less, but there is always something going on somehow. And um, 
The idea about uh, doing this uh, mind training is that everything that happens in our lives can be used as practice. So this I find really interesting and really optimistic and encouraging that you can use those difficulties to practice. And this is the most um, um, logical thing to do and the most beneficial thing to do is to, when difficulties manifest in our lives, problems manifest in our lives, we often see them as um, obstacles. So it's like, okay, when this difficulty has passed, I can finally sit down and have a concentrated meditation, for instance. You see what I mean? So difficulties arise, and they're like obstacles. They're not like, you see them as, as something that shouldn't be there, if you see what I mean? Hmm. So the, the, the way that the mind training encourages us to look at this is start to see these uh, difficulties as training. So this is all ground for training, all the difficulties, all the problems, the difficult mind states, the uh, difficulties in our, uh, in our relationships, it's all ground for training, we can all use it to train with, or use it to train our compassion and to train our wisdom with, if you see what I mean. So, it's a very, very different, uh, different way of looking at things, isn't it? To, to look at the difficulties not as obstacles, but as actually, it's, it's the difficulties that are going to help us to grow. That's, and that is what I find so encouraging about this way of, uh, of looking at our lives. So, um, in the course of uh, working with my difficulties, working with my problems, I have the opportunity to um, train myself in equanimity. And I have the opportunity to train myself in uh, patience. And I have to, the opportunity to train myself in kindness. So, Yes, I know it might be challenging to see it as such, but if we can see it as such, how amazing, how amazing our life becomes. It's just a training ground. So, um, in one of the slogans in this point, I won't uh, go into all the specifics because I'm, I'm intending to do more of a general overview here, but one of the slogans uh, in this uh, in this point uh, three is be grateful to everyone. So, be grateful to everyone um, could be a bit challenging, couldn't it? But it is it's in, it's it's inviting us to take that particular approach. And uh, firstly, I think if we do look much more deeply into our uh, everything that we're doing in the course of the day just see how many people are involved in providing a particular situation. Somebody was talking to me the other day about how she was just lying in her, her bed and reflecting on like somebody is made a duvet. Yeah? Somebody is somebody who designed a machine to fill up the duvet. Somebody is, you know, built a washing machine to, to, to wash the duvet. Somebody is being holding the package, putting it on the shelf. I mean, it sounds simple, but everything that uh, happens to us, there's people involved that provide these particular conditions. So, so it would be interesting to, to practice that uh, on a much more regular basis to actually see how much in our lives is dependent on others and to that would generate a naturally, I think, a, a sense of gratitude. And... Um, so, 
And obviously, and this is, I think, more of a challenge, but because there's a lot of people in our lives that might provoke us and make us angry or make us sad and hurt us, if you look at it from the perspective of, of the mind training, that is also a reason to be grateful to them. Because, because if there weren't any people, there would be no opportunity whatsoever to go beyond our um, habitual patterns of uh, ignorance and, and delusion and greed at traditional poisons in Buddhism. And you can call that ego clinging. That's a word that's often used in connection to the mind training is ego clinging. So no people, no opportunity to get enlightened. And what is the point of being enlightened or awakened if it isn't about other people? What would be the point? The whole point is that we have these people to reach out to, to be kind to and to work with. Yeah? So that is uh, uh, be grateful uh, to everyone. So all this hurt and this pain could be seen as an opportunity to practice. And uh, in the first week, I, um, I told uh, very briefly this story about Atisha, who is the, the main, main figure in the tradition of, uh, the main figure in the tradition of, uh, of this mind training system, how he went to Tibet and he uh, took his most annoying, difficult servant with him precisely because that would mean that he could practice the mind training just because he knew that would be a person who'd bring it out on in him the annoyance and the irritation. Yeah, he saw that as, as an opportunity to practice. So if we get more uh, skilled in this mind training, we, we, could, we could start looking at, uh, at our lives in that kind of way. I know it's a bit of a challenge, but I'm just offering it for your consideration. <laughs> And another um, uh, slogan in this um, uh, point uh, three about uh, bringing adversities onto the path is a slogan that is called uh, drive all blame into one. Drive all blame into one. Well, according to um, how the Buddha, how the Buddha explained uh, our um, predicament is that if you look at Buddhist psychology, the, the, the way the Buddha uh, explained it, we um, create uh, our own suffering, our own emotional suffering, because we're misinterpreting reality in a particular way. So firstly, uh, we're constructing this, uh, this imaginary I. I mean, there's no denying we have a body, I have a name, I know, you know, I know, the names of, 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 of most of you here in the room. So we're not talking about that level of, of looking at things. Obviously, when you're grounded in reality, there's, there's objects, there's people, they have particular names. But if we look more deeply into the nature of, of mind and we look at our experience as it arises, we can't find any kind of fixed person there with the name Yashibodi, if you see what I mean. But yet, we construct this. So all the time, on the basis of my experience arising, I'm kind of saying this is me, this is not me. And so I'm, I'm constantly creating a separation between myself and my experience between myself and the world. And that is creating our, is creating our suffering. So that is at the basis of the suffering. So 
if we hear this slogan, drive all blame into one, it is really about that recognizing that that mechanism is um, at, the, at the root of it. Because often what we're starting to do is something goes wrong and we start to find somebody to blame. It's happening all the time. And it's quite easy to do that because you're experiencing a difficult emotion and it's much easier to go out and start sort of speculating and creating all these stories about this particular person that has done a particular thing to me. It's so seductive. But what the mind training says, this is not the way to go. This is not a way to solve anything. It's not a way to solve to start to blame everybody else. The only way to, to approach the situation in a more logical, constructive way, is to look at what is that mechanism that is creating this difficulty for me right now, all these unpleasant feelings that are coming up in me right now. So, so you're looking at that and then drive all blame into one, work on that level, rather than spilling out all your energy into you know, blaming, blaming other people, or blaming yourself. That's what we're doing a lot of the time as well, is starting to think, I've done this wrong, I've done that wrong. But just see that, that that mechanism is at, at the basis of, of everything, that constructing of a, of, of a self that is a complete construct because everything is always in flow, there's nothing that's fixed, there's nothing that's solid. So there is a, a story in, uh, in the, uh, the Zen tradition um, about Hakuin, some of you might have uh, heard of him. Hakuin was a poet and a Zen master. And the story is that he was living on his mountain, whatever he was doing, just meditating, minding his own business. And at some point, uh, two uh, parents of a girl uh, who lived in the village came to him and said, we're very angry with him because they said that they made his, uh, their, their daughter pregnant. It was this beautiful girl living in the village, she was pregnant, and she uh, pointed to Hakri and said, oh, he, he's the one, he's the one eh, who's made me pregnant. And the parents were very angry. And Hakuya just said, is, is it so? Is it so? And he just, he just listened to each other, is it so? And when the girl delivered of her child, uh, the parents of the girl brought the child to Hakuya. And Hakuya uh, probably said, this is your child, sir. And he said, oh, is it so? And he took the child <laughs> and he looked after the child as best as he could. And then at some point the girl uh, who was the mother of the child, owned up and said, well, it wasn't actually him. She couldn't really keep up the lie. It wasn't him, it was that boy who lives in the other village. It wasn't Hakuin. So the parents uh, went to Hakuin and uh, he'd been looking after his baby and he, they took the baby back. And, um, and because they said, well, you know, well, well, apologies, etc. And he just said, is it so? And he just, he just gave the baby back. And that's kind of the end of the story. And uh, it's something about, uh, in, in terms of drive all uh, blame into one, in this case, he's just uh, swallowed the poison, as it were. He's just swallowed the poison, put aside any kind of sort of ego kind of clinging. He's just looked after this baby. And then everything sorted itself out. Uh, naturally, somehow. So this is what we encourage to do uh, in terms of the mind training, just put the blame on this ego clinging and just continue your business. Mm. Yeah.
So that is uh, the uh, drive or blame into one. And um, so in terms of these difficulties coming up in our lives, so we've got this difficult situation coming up and we know by now that uh, well, we're encouraged to, to work with that from the point of view of the mind training, seeing it as an opportunity, learn from it, to work with it. But then if we know about this, uh, these teachings of insubstantiality that the Buddha has um, uh, given to us, um, so we talked about that last week, like the insubstantiality of thoughts, etc. You just know, because you know about the teachings, you know when you're in a difficult situation that there is something going on of that nature. There is some sort of distortion going on. There is something going on. You know that you're creating your own suffering. You might not quite see exactly how it works, but you know there is a mechanism that's causing it, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that gives a sense of relief, if you see what I mean. Knowing that um, there is something to work with, knowing there is something that you can do, you can work with the mind, you can look at this insubstantiality of, of thoughts, you can, there's all these teachings you can go into. It somehow makes that difficult situation much more bearable and it gives a bit more um, air and a bit more hope into that situation. Do you, do you get it? Do you get my point? Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I see enough nods to uh, to encourage me to uh, to move on. <laughs> to see where I am at my um... yeah. So it's it's the um, it's that knowing that uh, there's something going on in terms of your perception. There's some sort of distortion going on, and because there's this particular distortion going on. There's these difficult emotions that are coming up, and just knowing that the mechanism works like that might just give you a sense of relief. And if you had a really clear mind at that particular point, or you had an enlightened mind, there wouldn't be any reason for all of that uh, to come up, uh, all of these difficult uh, emotions to come up. So that, I hope, is some sort of consolation. That's how I, how I uh, uh, intend this uh, to work. <laughs> so... Um, Another point here um, about meeting these difficulties and, and working with them is if you start to train yourself in, in, in uh, seeing these uh, difficulties as opportunities, it's also, um, if you start to train yourself, it's, the chances are that um, you get much more um, proficient, much more skilled in starting to, to train uh, um, earlier rather than later, because I think what often happens if we are uh, caught up in a difficult situation or we find ourselves in a, in a really difficult emotion, it usually takes quite a bit of time before you even think about the possibility of training, if you see what I mean. There is, you might just find yourself being really enraged <laughs> and it might last an hour or two before you start to become aware, okay, there is something I can do here. I can start training with this. I can start using the breath to breathe it in. I can start feeling it in the body. I can start looking at uh, the, the teachings of, of about insubstantiality in this particular case. So there is things I can do in this particular moment. So that is what we're also encouraged to do, is to just train ourselves to do this so we can start doing this uh, quicker and quicker, as it were. So it means that there's more and more 
opportunity to, to train the mind. So that is basically uh, what this um, point is about. So you might find yourself in a, in a meeting or in a family situation or in a relationship, a romantic relationship, whatever, and a difficulty starts to emerge. Well, of course, it's important to feel it and to, to be with it and to be rooted in reality, but at the same time, you could just really see it as an opportunity to practice all these beautiful skills that we all have and that they're just there in, in the potential. We can strengthen them and train them by, uh, by doing this mind training and Dharma practice. So um, I think that is about all I have to say about this particular point. I just have a few things to say that we could go into after, after the break and uh, because we're recording this it might be something that people who watch this might want to, um, want to try out. So just a few suggestions uh, to reflect on. Just ask yourself, is there anything in your life right now that you see as a big hindrance to your progress? So that would be interesting to look at. Is there anything in your life right now that you see as a big hindrance to your progress? And secondly, is it possible to see this as an opportunity for spiritual growth? Is it possible to see that as an opportunity for spiritual growth? So that's one thing for us to consider. And um, another uh, challenge I'll put before you. Uh, just think about this one. Can you think of anything that cannot be used for mind training? Anything that cannot be used for Dharma training, mind training practice? So that's another thing we could talk about. And um, lastly, for us to consider, do you often blame other people or yourself for a situation that has gone wrong? And if so, is it possible to let this go? So do you often blame others or yourself for a situation that has gone wrong? And if so, can you let this go? 